Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word, a Desert Spring United Methodist Church podcast coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, my name is Julie Hart. I'm the Director of Connectional Ministries, and I'm going to be the host uh, this week of our episode. And I have not a first-time podcast guest, but a first-time for me, Andy Sharples here in our studio. So really happy to have him here and sharing his story. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let him go ahead and introduce himself uh, and a little bit about his life here at Desert Spring. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Julie. So, um, uh, Andy, start with how long you've been here and, and how you found us. So I started attending in February of 2021. Uh, at that time, it was still during the height of the pandemic, so I attended online for quite some time. And I started coming in person probably late summer that year and became a member in the fall of 2021. I've been here ever since. Wonderful, wonderful. And I'm excited because uh, we're recording this on a Saturday tomorrow in, in the worship service. And tomorrow is ooh, spring forward, March 12th. Uh, tomorrow, you're going to be there's a video that's going to be uh, featuring you as, as our ministry spotlight moment. So for those people who see that video, uh, they'll get a chance to tune in here and, and, and dig a little bit deeper since we could only cover so much in that. So super excited to be uh, kind of getting a chance to talk more about that. So uh, right now we are in a storytelling season of the Wednesday Word podcast. And so the format is really there's no format except that we want to learn about you and hear about you. So excited that you're going to be our guest. And the reason that we had a video uh, that for the ministry spotlight that's going to be in church tomorrow is we're currently, Pastor David is preaching on the seven last words of Christ uh, from the cross. And Sunday tomorrow is going to be about, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so that's kind of how we got you for a video. And so um, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but first of all, uh, we know that we've we've been, you've been in our lives and we've begun to know you. Uh, since last year, but you had a life before us, apparently. And so we want to kind of go back and hear a little bit about your childhood and, and leading up to here. So I grew up in Michigan, uh, a city called Farmington Hills, which is a suburb of Detroit, and lived there pretty much my whole life um, and moved out to Las Vegas in 2013 with really nothing but a suitcase. And I've been here Ever since, uh, I was just, I wanted a new start, a new place, a place where people were moving to instead of moving from. And Las Vegas is a place where people from all over the country and really all over the world come. And it's a growing community. And I thought it'd be exciting to be a part of that and, and just kind of the allure of that Old West mystique where you go out West to start a career and to uh, make a life for yourself. And that's how I ended up out here. I'm always curious. I always love to ask that question. Like what, what brought you to Las Vegas? So, so what were you like as a child growing up in Michigan? Well, um, pretty similar to the way I am now, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm, I'm really that much different than I was when I was a kid. I, I have the same, interest for the most part uh pretty much the same personality um as a kid who definitely didn't fit in at all uh you know especially when it came to school uh you know i basically 
flunked, you know, every class I've ever taken until I got to higher education somehow. Uh, I was interested in the things that I was interested in. And unfortunately, those things were not um, approved by the structures that were in place mm-hmm. at that time in my life. Right, right. So I know that music is one of your interests. What what are some of your other interests that have carried throughout your life from childhood? Mm-hmm. Well, music has always been um, a constant for sure. And uh, right now my life um, really revolves around music in, in many ways. But I've, I've also just always just been kind of a, a movie buff too. Uh, I actually went to film school for a short period of time with the intention of, of – making films and that kind of fell through but I've it's still something I enjoy I enjoy watching movies and deconstructing them and um, kind of dabbled in writing screenplays as well very cool very cool and did you go to church as a child was that part of your life I did yeah I I grew up Presbyterian and when you're Presbyterian, you always have a great joke because if somebody asks you if you're religious, you can say, no, I'm Presbyterian. <laughs> That's awesome. But I don't get to use that anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I went to Presbyterian church uh, when I was a kid and I hated going to church. I didn't want to be there. I would resist it every week and my parents made me go until I was old enough to not go. And then I didn't go to church until I started attending Desert Springs a couple of years ago. It's a common story. It's a common story. Like, you know, people go away for some period of time, a long period of time. So you were like in high school or what, at what age were you like, could they not force you to go to church anymore? Yeah, probably about the time I got to high school. And mm-hmm. it wasn't that I didn't believe in God. I, I did. And I would pray and I had a relationship with God, but I just really didn't like going to church because uh, I just, it was another institution where I felt like I didn't fit in much like school. There just wasn't really a place for me there. And I also just had issues relating to people. And I I feel like I do, even to this day, just uh, social settings with lots of people are just not my thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So what would have been your happy place in high school? If you're like, if you just, hey, the day is yours, what, what would that look like for you? The only time I was really, unhap- really happy in high school was just uh, playing with my friends. Um, I got into music. Uh, you know, I had bands with my friends and we'd, you know, jam and we weren't very good and we'd, you know, just play in these really bad punk rock bands and punk rock i was gonna ask what was your genre <laughs> cool. yeah big time yeah punk rock <laughs> yeah. um that was and there was a <laughs> punk and actually ska there was a ska resurgence in the late 90s which i was uh part of and uh still love that genre so like punk ska music um that was uh in metro detroit there was that was actually a kind of a kind of a fad for a while and so it was fun to to be a part of that cool so I got to ask you, what's on your playlist? Right now, um, i kind of into harder rock, but it has kind of a soothing component to it. I like the dichotomy between hard, heavy music that also has kind of an atmospheric element to mm-hmm. it. So um, mm-hmm. 
like one of my favorite bands of all time is Deftones, and I still listen to them quite a bit. But I'm getting into bands like um, uh, Periphery is one of them. I've been listening to quite a bit lately. Uh, Sleep Token. Um, always been a fan of Tool. Uh, really, anything that that kind of has that dichotomy between hard and heavy, but also makes you think a little bit and is also soothing to listen to at the same time. Anything that, that has that combination is, is something that's interesting to me. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So you, you graduate high school and then what? So I graduate from high school. Um, and that was kind of a challenge for me. Uh, it, high school was, was not an easy time for me at all. And I didn't quite, uh, make it with, everybody else when I was supposed to just because I had a lot of issues then. So kind of took me a while to, you know, officially get that piece of paper. Then it was just a lot of um, kind of floating around uh, doing things in community college, which I enjoyed because that actually for the first time really gave me a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And I was very active in theater. Really? Uh, Yeah both acting and writing and wow, directing. Cool. I wrote a couple of short plays that were really more like sketches of something more akin to Saturday Night Live than an actual play, but they were nice. short plays. And there I also met uh, like-minded people who were interested in filmmaking and worked on a couple of indie films, student films that we were kind of hoping, you know, maybe we would, would turn into something uh, one of them actually did involve somebody who would go on to be quite famous. I, I won't name drop. But We're not name dropping. No, Dang. I can't do it. <laughs> but um, so that after high school was a lot of just taking classes, uh, you know, working on film projects. Uh, I was playing in a in a punk band at the time too, and uh, eventually went to film school and decided after that that maybe it just wasn't for me. I just kind of felt that my creativity, at least when it comes to writing and directing and my love for film, just wasn't quite there anymore. I think it had just been kind of sapped out of me by that point. I was looking for something a little bit more practical and ended up going to law school. That's a really big shift from from that whole creative side to the law. Now, and what, where were your parents, where your family with your decisions? At, at, you know, were they encouraging of the film and the arts, or how were they feeling? Because not everybody, you know, is on board with that. So, were they supportive of that, or were they wanting you to do something more practical, or how did they weigh in? They were supportive, and I've been very fortunate that my parents have, have really stood behind me and supported me and and anything I've wanted to do. And I think they kind of saw it coming with the film where I, you know, make videos with just our family video camera and with my Lego people and yep. <laughs> and, and make films like that. So yeah. it was kind of a, I think, a given that I would want to go to film school at some point. Yeah. Now, I didn't ask, are you an only child? Oh, no, I have a, a younger sister okay. as well. Okay. It's still in Michigan or launched out? Uh, she's in New York, uh, technically New Jersey now. She works in the advertising industry. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. So so how does the shift happen from, from film to law? Because again, that's 
the right brain to the left brain. Now you're moving, right? How did that happen for you? It was something I thought I had a skill set for. And when I was in film school, I had a great uh, professor there. And he was telling us once that he had debated himself whether to go to film school or law school. And he said, you know, if I went to law school, I'd probably, you know, have a more stable career and have more money. But this is what really makes me happy. And I'm glad I did it. And I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe the inverse is true for me. Maybe it would be better for me to go to law school and have that foundation and have that pathway to to a career. And I would get more satisfaction from that than than a career in film, especially when I was kind of at a point where I just felt a little creatively depleted and didn't really have um, a clear idea of where I wanted to go with it because it's easier to go back. Like if I wanted to make a film tomorrow, Mm -hmm. there's really nothing that would stop me from doing it. I could write it and I could pitch it and I could, you know, potentially get funding for it and directing it. And, you know, there's just so many resources available for doing that today, but you can't really go the other way. I mean, you can't be a filmmaker and just say, Hey, I think I want to be a lawyer tomorrow. Right. And you always get this creative outlet. Like you, you feel like music has stayed a part of it. So you still, you can do that traditional path or more, you know, stable path as they say, and still, and still tap into that creativity, which, which you have. So you went to law school and, um, what did you know what kind of law you wanted to study or right away? Um, originally I wanted to be a criminal defense attorney. I, one of those people that, um, knows my rights and think it's, it's extremely important for everybody to know their rights and you only have those rights, which you can defend. And those are the people, uh, criminal defense attorneys or who are on the front lines, um, protecting all our rights. Uh, and I, that was always something I really respected I always really thought the strategy was interesting. I used to watch trials on court TV all the time, and it was like like a real-life strategy game. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what got me into law, even though I don't practice in that area. Mm-hmm. But did you did you at any point do criminal law? I actually interned with the public defender office, and uh, in Michigan, or yeah, in Michigan. oh okay, and and how did you like that? Uh, it was really. Uh, an incredible experience. Michigan has uh, a student practice rule, or at least they did at the time. I think they changed it, um, hopefully not because of me, but they had <laughs> one where they would basically, like I, I showed up my first day after the orientation and having only one year of law school under my belt and my supervising attorney basically handed me a stack of files and I'm like, okay, so it's arraignments today. Go talk to your clients and uh, see how they want to plead. And when you get called, go up there and oh enter the plea. Whoa. And um, <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, I got to just do this, I guess. And, um, you know, wow. I, I would, I spent that entire summer in court uh, representing clients in real cases on the record as their attorney wow. in arraignments and sentencing and show cause hearings. Uh, with a prosecutor on the other side, you know, and I had to be able to make arguments and think on my feet. And you have to go up there and say something. And that's been really valuable for me because, uh, you know, sometimes you got to just do it. You can't just think about it. You got to just either 
sink or swim. Yeah, that and, takes guts. Yeah, <laughs> and it taught me how to swim. I mean, by the end of the summer, I mean, I was getting people out of jail. I was uh, wow. Yeah, I was having some success. I was making coherent legal arguments to the judge wow. of why my client shouldn't be held in contempt, even though he clearly did not abide by the terms of his probation or mm-hmm. or got into trouble somehow. Uh, but I it was uh, an enriching experience for me. Very good. And a confidence builder, right? To have to yeah, do that. So, sure. so you, so you graduate law school and what happens right after that when you first get out? So I take the Nevada bar exam. Basically everyone I knew was taking the Michigan bar exam. And I uh-huh. thought if I'm ever going to make the move now is the time. Okay. So I didn't know one person in Las Vegas. Wow. But I just, I registered to take the Nevada bar exam and I, and- I flew out and I, Wow. Took it and I passed it and started looking for jobs. And you're like, I live here now. Yeah. Cool. So um, you knew no one in you knew, knew no one in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So how do you decide like where to where to go from there? Like where to live and what to you know? It was challenging. Uh, when I first came, I I just had a suitcase. I flew out here Gosh. with a suitcase and <laughs> rented a room at a long stay hotel and just started going to work every day and um eventually you know once i got a couple paychecks i found a condo to rent and started living there and just eventually my dad drove my uh 2002 taurus uh 2000 miles across the country so i had that until it died on me so i had a car and a place to live and uh just started kind of started from scratch in terms of wow. material things. And what kind of law were you practicing when you first got out, when you first got your job? Uh, mostly insurance defense work, okay. which is uh, really any kind of civil litigation defense. A lot of you know personal injury cases, uh, construction defect cases were, were really big at the time, and, mm-hmm. and I worked for a firm that, that handled those on behalf of uh, residential home builders. Now, this is what year when you started practicing. Where are we at? I'm uh, 2013. So we're at 2013 when you're out here practicing, okay? And you're starting to get to know people and starting to find your way in the community. Where did you? Because Las Vegas is it's a transient place, you know. And because of the heat, because of the weather, and the way the houses are built, it's sometimes it's hard to get to know your neighbors. It's hard to. So how did you go about, you know, finding your, you know, people? You know, at first I really didn't. I was content just to kind of keep to myself, and um, I'm I'm not a social person at all. So I was, you know, I'd I'd go out for you know a beer with some of my workmates, you know, on Friday, but um, you know, they had their own lives and I had mine, and I didn't really meet a lot of people until I kind of decided, you know, the thing that's that's really missing from my life that I really enjoyed was music. Mm-hmm. And it had been a long time since I played bass guitar, but I just decided, you know, I'm going to go buy one and kind of reteach myself to play. And I did that and signed up for a, uh, there's this social media site for for bands who are seeking people, people are seeking bands, and a band reached out to me and I started playing with them and that kind of became my, my social cool. network. And what, what what genre was that band that found you? So uh, we're actually still playing together, and it's uh, we're mostly a cover band. Uh, we do a pretty eclectic mix of a lot of kind of like '90s alternative rock, yeah, and also more 
hard rock covers of pop songs. Yeah. And that's kind of our, our staple. We do some originals as well. This is the band that you played with at our fall festival a yes. couple of years ago, which is totally awesome. Okay, great. So you found you found like minded people. You had a creative outlet, and you're and you're going and you're and you're liking Las Vegas. I do. Yeah, I definitely do not miss scraping ice Thank off you. my windshield. Like Thank I've you. had enough of that. And um, one of the things about Michigan is people leave. Uh, a lot of my friends have left and have gone and moved elsewhere in the country mm-hmm. and uh you know of course i still have my parents there and i i miss them i try to go back when i can mm-hmm. but um i i like being here i like the the excitement if you want it i like the um remoteness if you want it yeah uh you can really kind of live how you want Mm-hmm. out here there's yeah. really something for everybody that's what my son my oldest son says because they they're always like mom like what you guys in the middle of the desert? like why why las vegas and then once they graduate and went out again they're both in the military so they've been some places they're like you know what the thing about las vegas is that it's there's something for whatever it is you know it's mm-hmm. it's here and so once you once you kind of find your people so you didn't regret coming here and and making a life here no not yeah. at all yeah I, I love the diversity here i love you know, it's interesting, interesting things to do here. So um, I know that, uh, and I don't know a lot of your story, but I know at some point um, there, there, you hit a struggle. You hit a struggle that we, we kind of touch on with, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is what, what Pastor David is preaching on. And so can you talk a little bit about what it was, what it was like to come and get things, things are trucking along and things are going well and then, and then they're not. Yeah. 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 Uh, just had something come about that I thought was kind of an easy fix and was represented to me as an easy fix and had a surgery for it that did not go well. Had a second surgery that uh, went better, but still involved a substantial recovery and things were not going well at all during that recovery. And it was actually the um, right after the second surgery that first Sunday was the first time I tuned into Desert Springs Church uh, because I thought if I'm really going to come back from this it can't just be a physical recovery it has to be a spiritual recovery as well and I was kind of going through a a period where I thought you know why God why why are you doing this why, why have you forsaken why me why have right? you forsaken me mm-hmm. and one of the things my dad suggested was um you know the the question isn't why haven't you for, why have you forsaken me or or why are you doing this to me it's it's what do you want me to learn from this mm-hmm. wise dad yeah yeah yes very much so wise dad and i started approaching it from that standpoint is that god isn't isn't doing anything to me god didn't bring this upon me but god will use it mm-hmm. to bring me to where he wants me to be and it's been um you know, slow process and it's been, you know, a struggle, but, um, you know, throughout all of this, it's brought me much closer to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be here at Desert Springs or playing in the praise band or doing a lot of things that I'm doing now, but for this, right. this experience. Right. And so this came at a time, where were we at in COVID when this started to happen for you, this, this, this struggle for you, where we, all shut down, all locked down, or you were having surgery, so we we're beginning to have surgery, but we're still coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, it was still, um, 
it is it had been something that had been kind of pestering me for a while and I didn't really do anything about it until COVID and I guess it was still kind of in the lockdown phase because I know Desert Springs wasn't open because when I first mm-hmm. attended online yeah. I probably would have done so anyway um, just because it's hard for me to get around but it was still because uh, there were the lockdown was in effect yeah and you were one not working during COVID Actually, I was uh, oh. working at the time and, and trying to deal with it. And then I, I eventually I did find myself um, out of work uh, while I was recovering. Okay. So then, okay. So we've got the pandemic, we've got this unexpected recovery that's taking longer and then, and then not working. So it's like the trifecta, right? Mm-hmm. Happening for you. And, um, and something causes you to log on. Why Desert Spring? Why are you searching? What's happening there that causes you to one Sunday morning log in to, to the service? So whenever my parents would come to visit me uh, here, they like to go to church every Sunday. And I think they just kind of stumbled upon Desert Springs because I, I lived close to it. And I think they just found it. Even though they're not Methodist, they just kind of happened to come here. And I remember them saying, you know, we went to this church yeah. called Desert Springs and we really like it. We think it's a great church. Uh, the pastor is excellent and uh, we think you should start going there. And I said, yeah, yeah, maybe next week. And then I just never did. Mm-hmm. But um, once I, I made that decision, it was just kind of natural. Well, I was like, okay, I'll, maybe I'll check this place out. And I love this story because when you, when you log in, the first thing you see is um, Katie, our praise brand director, singing. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, that was um, uh, something that, that really touched me because uh, Katie's such a wonderful singer. She's just uh, so talented, and she sings with such uh, inspiration and passion that it really can't help but touch you, especially when you're going through a trying period and you're, you're kind of reaching out and you want to feel god's presence and um, generally god works through other people Mm -hmm. and i think he works very much through katie oh for sure through her her voice and i just really felt a sense of peace and comfort uh listening to her Mm -hmm. did you know right away like okay i'm home or were you still you know checking it out or i mean on that sunday were you by the end of the service feeling like this is where i'm supposed to be I think I was still just taking things one day at a time and just was content to just feel um, comfortable in that moment and knowing that I wanted to stay with it. But uh, I was just really trying to not plan anything out ahead and just just focus on the day to day. Yeah. And so we I know because we talked about this that. because I, I asked you when you were watching online, there there was a chat feature and different ways you could engage. Like, were you engaged in that way? And you weren't. You were just you were just taking it in, right, and yes. not participating, but still coming back every week and be a part of that. And I think it's important. And I, I'm glad that you you know shared that because I think it's important to know that we don't know who's watching or listening. We don't know what you know, or we don't know how many times they have to watch or listen until they go. Oh, you know, I think I'm ready to go try or go meet or, you know, or if they never do what they took from that. So, so you, how long were you watching then and, and tuning in um, before you came to our campus? Uh, several months. And part of it, it was just because I didn't really feel comfortable 
going out. Uh, really, during a lot of that time, I didn't leave home at all unless it was good to go to a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't feel comfortable even coming to church mm-hmm. for an hour until things started to get a little bit better. And um, that was kind of a little bit later in the year. But mm-hmm. I think that's a good point that, um, you know, by broadcasting uh, these services and making them available on demand, you have the potential to reach so many people. Mm-hmm. And I think there are people out there that are like me who don't necessarily want to interact, but they're still uh, receiving mm-hmm. God through yeah. through this this uh, this way. And it's important for us to even if we don't get that direct feedback, just continue to, to put it out there. And I, I'm cognizant of that when I'm playing in the praise band. That's it's like right. That's what I was wondering. You must think about that. I do. Yeah. I yeah. think about that, that, you know, there could be somebody in my position watching and, you know, this music is reaching them and it's, it's mm-hmm. bringing them peace and, and joy and comfort in that particular moment. Yeah. And even if it's just that one time, it's it's absolutely worthwhile. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful that you hold that in your heart and you're you're aware of that as you're as you are playing because, you know, it's not really a performance, it's a ministry, but you know, you you're you are you are touching people and you can have a little bit of feedback when you're there with the people in front of you. But all those people that are not in front of you, they're they're important too. So I love that you are thinking about them when you're when you're playing because um, they need to be thought about too. And 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 it's true. A lot of people, I always ask people when I meet when I see them for the first time, like, how did you find out about it? You know, as a friend brought you, or you saw the sign. But uh, very many people, they they checked us out online first to kind of kind of see what that's about. So I think that's really cool. So your first Sunday when you came here, tell us about that. Well, it was a really positive experience. Everyone was very friendly. I remember people walking out from the previous service, you know, said hello to me. And uh, I know you said hello and Pastor David said hello. And, um, you know, I definitely felt welcome there. Nice. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed seeing the band play in person Mm -hmm. rather than online. And I remember um, talking to Pastor David afterward and, and just letting him know, hey, I've been watching you for several months now and have been going through a difficult time and I'm I'm glad to to be with you here in person and cool. I've really enjoyed your sermons and they've they've meant a lot to me and they've helped me connect with God and I'm thankful for that. So cool. And David somehow it's not that easy to do but he does I do feel like he, the, his preaching style does come across if you're in person or if you're at home. So it, that's that's nice that um that 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 it was that way for you in addition to the music so yeah so um if you were at home for so much were we overwhelmingly sometimes it's overwhelming to come for the first time and people see oh there's a new face and you know was it a little bit overwhelming to experience that well being social just isn't really my thing so (laughs) yeah maybe a little bit um I, i think certainly the church uh, does a great job in, in being welcoming, and they should be. And yeah, for me, you know, I kind of knew that, you know, maybe I'm, you know, people are going to see me for the first time yep. and come up to me and talk to me, and yep. that's not necessarily what I want. But it's it's good that that's the case. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So then, how long was it until you joined us at our new member orientation? I don't think it was too long after. I Mm-mm. think it was uh, just 
a matter of weeks or maybe a couple months. That's kind of what I was trying to remember too. That's how it felt to me. Mm-hmm. So then you show up to the new member orientation because you're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I thought it'd be it'd be good for me to officially come in and just you know state my intent like yeah I want to be a part of this yeah. this church you've had a little couple decades off of church and mm-hmm. <laughs> so now now it's time to get back in and it's really cool because I, I remember sitting in the room where we were going around the table and and people talking and and you shared that afterwards we were standing out, I remember we were standing outside of Pastor David's office and you were talking to Pastor Lee mm-hmm. some more about the fact that you play the the bass guitar so talk about that conversation yes it was chatting with pastor lee and he was very friendly and just asking me about myself and i I mentioned that i play bass guitar he said you know i think the band actually needs someone way to um, go pastor lee yeah (laughs) of course uh you know tim plays but he's um has some obligations where he's not available every week and they Mm -hmm. need somebody to to fill in right and um uh they relay that to Katie and she reached out pretty much right away and just said, Hey, you know, we'd, we'd love to, to have you. Awesome. And, uh, it just felt very welcoming. There wasn't like any kind of official audition or anything right. like that, which was good. Cause I'm not the most polished musician, but, um, just started playing with them almost right away. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember like being in the lobby and looking up like, Oh my gosh, he's the, he's in it. There he is. So mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Really, really cool. And you weren't coming seeking that uh, to be a part of the band. You were coming for, for you know, church. And, and I think it's great because, um, you know, you, you could have been on the periphery for quite a while, just kind of tiptoeing in and seeing. But now you're like right in it, right? Because now you're part of, part of the service. Yes. Yeah. And I know you joined a community group. Uh, you got in Allison Kerr and Laurel. They're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, you're part of, so you got to know some people and, and you're being prayed for. So um, right away you're kind of getting involved and getting connected. So that's, yeah, that's really, really awesome. So how do you feel now that you've been here for a while um, being back to church and, you know, what's your. Well, that was something I look forward to um, when, I, when I was a kid. I just, you know, my parents basically had to drag me there. It was, the last place I wanted to be. And now I wake up on Sunday and I'm happy to go. I'm happy to see my friends yeah. in the praise band and, and play with them. Or even if I'm not playing that week, I'm, I'm happy to go and just see everybody and, and feel like I'm in a place that I belong and hear Pastor David's sermon. And that's something that I, I try to focus on and, and take to heart and to implement throughout the coming week yeah yeah it's it's yeah that's really wonderful and I think the same is true um you know just like you didn't love school except you know higher education when you were choosing what what you got to study what you got to take you kind of then then you did and and um when you're forced to go you were kind of over over church but you found your way and you found a place to be able to do what's meaningful for you so so that's that is really cool so then um, you're playing in the band for a while, and you write a song. So tell us about your song. Yeah, last summer uh, I went through a major setback in my recovery, and I was uh, really kind of back to almost square one where it was like, am I going to need another surgery, or am I just going to have to live like this? You know, what's going to happen? And I was at a very low point, and these words just kind of came out of me and uh, I don't 
write songs very often or lyrics very often, but this just happened in maybe like an hour. I just started typing them out and, and I had a song there. And it was inspired by Mark chapter 8 where Jesus heals a blind man. And that was a passage that I've spent a lot of time contemplating because I was always wondering why Jesus didn't heal him completely at once. He touches the blind man and says, what do you see? And the man says, I see people, but they look like trees walking around. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus touches them and completely restores the sight. And I, I know that there's, there has to be some, some reason for that because, of course, Jesus could have completely restored the man's sight all at once, but he didn't. And, but he, and he asked him, you know, what do you see? Is, and, and the man was honest. He's like, you know, I'm not completely healed yet. I mean, I'm better than I was before, but I'm not really there. And uh, we know that it's okay to be bold in our prayers, and it's okay to to ask God for something. And uh, I was kind of in a place where I felt like maybe I had had that first touch where it was more in a spiritual sense where God had kind of set me on this path to being closer to him and being connected to him. And while I was certainly thankful and grateful for that, uh, I still wanted that physical healing and I wanted that second touch of healing. And I kind of related to that that blind man where maybe my eyes were, were partially open but not completely open. And Second Touch is a song that that asks God for that continued healing to, to really make you whole and really complete your healing yeah. uh, at a time that you're really crying out for help. And I think that song is like a prayer that's uh, – slowly being answered because yeah. um, after I wrote that song I was I was put in touch with a uh, a new doctor who um, had a, a kind of a different idea of what to do for me and that was really scary at first and I didn't want to do it and I reflected on it and I thought you know generally God works through people mm-hmm. and I don't think it's just a coincidence that I write the song and then all of a sudden there's this this new guy with a new idea mm-hmm. and um, I've been undergoing that treatment plan and things have improved wow. significantly. Wow. Um, you know, I'm still not quite there yet, but um, I'm light years ahead wow. of, of where I was before. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So I think, um, you know, writing that, that song, I think God heard it and is uh, slowly giving me that second touch of healing that I was asking for. That's beautiful. That's, that's really wonderful. Um, thank you for sharing that. And I think when it came, like something that came that easily, right, that just seems God inspired that you could just sit down and anyone who goes through the creative process of writing, sometimes it's excruciating and painful and ugly and messy. And, but this one just came and, and so you, that, that feels inspired by yes. God. Yeah. There's a Frederick Buchner quote that I love. It says, my story is important, not because it is mine. God knows, but it is because if I tell it anything like right, the chances are you will recognize that in many ways it is also yours. Um, and I love, we're, again, we're doing the storytelling season right now. I'm leading a workshop on um, capturing our spiritual autobiography stories and, you know, we talk about why is it important to, to tell our stories? Like, why does it matter? 
Um, but I, th- I think there's a lot about in relating to it. And I, I read these um, lyrics that you've written. And I think it's, I think almost any of us can read those and find ourselves in, in your lyrics. I think we've all in some way or another been in a place of healing and, and not fully there. And, you know, um, so I, I love that your story is so beautifully sung and beautifully told and, um, and beautifully shared. So, um, I look forward to more, more songs, um, that, that you, that you, um, write, but I want to know, is this kind of the first, um, kind of spiritual religious song scripture that you have written in your songwriting or is, is that something you've done before? This is the first religious song I've ever written. Mm-hmm. And I Inspired was by scripture. grateful to, to have the help that I did. I mean, I, I told Katie about it and she was very uh, supportive and enthusiastic about performing it. Um, I think the, the first thing I did after I wrote it, maybe even the day I wrote it, I sent it to Chalmer and Chris and just said, hey, guys, I wrote these lyrics and just kind of have like a basic skeletal outline of the the chord progressions you know what do you guys think and they were both extremely supportive and they really helped uh shape it and and just take it from you know just like a sketched out idea and and help turn it into a real song uh i showed the lyrics to corny and he looked at them and and kind of helped me um clean them up a little bit and just just make it more uh easier to sing and it's great to have his perspective as a singer and he's like you know you kind of shorten this and people still know what you're talking about like oh yeah that makes sense and uh, so everybody in the band really had a hand in it and helped uh realizing it from just an idea and and really turning it into a song so cool it's so cool that that uh your your band your community there could could be a part of that I want to read um, this part from the chorus. And I say, oh, Lord, you put your hands on me. You opened up my eyes, and now I can see. But the people, they still look like trees. And I say, sometimes I feel like giving up, but I stay in faith and I trust in Jesus. Yeah, praise, Lord, grant me your second touch. Please, Lord, grant me your second touch. And so, um, yeah, that's, I think we've all prayed and wished and wanted for that for that second touch. And so I, I love that so much. Um, and I look forward to the next, um, work that you come up with and, um, you never know when that's going to come to you. Probably didn't know when this one was going to come. You didn't, right. That's true. <laughs> yeah, to... I never anticipated writing a worship song. Yeah. Cool. Well, so I, I told you that I'm leading a workshop right now on capturing our stories and, and they kind of have us do this exercise, a lifetime line. And they have like, I call them bubble up and bubble down. The bubbles on the top are like the big significant, um, you know, events. Um, and then the ones on the bottom are the struggles and the crises and the things that, you know, um, that we had to go through. So what, what would you say stands out for you for a couple bubble ups and a couple bubble downs in your life right now? Like, well, bubble ups, uh, you know, my continued part in this church, uh, of course, um, the opportunity to play music and several great bands and the, the friendships and the camaraderie that has, that has come from that uh, bubble down. Uh, you know, there's there's always stress in life uh, related to this this condition that I'm still 
uh, faced with, and you know, there's always going to be challenges in your career. So I guess those would be bubbles down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and who who have been the significant people that kind of have gotten you through not just this struggle but any other struggles? And who right now do you find yourself, um, you know, leaning on and relying on that you feel like God has put in your life? Well, my parents have always uh, stood with me, and they're they're always there for me. Um, really, everyone at Desert Springs has has been uh, uh, supportive of me, and the praise band has has really been a blessing in my life, and. Uh, I would say that they've, um, you know, fulfilled that as far as, you know, who's God, who God has put in your life. I think, uh, you know, I'm here for a reason with them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you, and God's put you in our lives. And so I think I speak for so many of us. And like you say, so many people you don't even see right now that are, that are being able to, um, tune in from wherever and whatever situations they're going on and they're where, from where they're tuning in from. And to be to be blessed by your music, and to be blessed by just your heart that's in it, knowing that hey, I was that I was that guy on the couch that you know wasn't ready to leave and come out, and um, and I, I I will be very excited the first day that someone comes up to you and tells you like I I was that guy that I was it took me a long time to come in here, and so um, you get to experience that. So uh, any ideas of your next song? Any ideas of what? Uh, for the praise band, no, I think I'm pretty content with with just this one for now if something comes to me um i'll write it Mm -hmm. uh definitely have some other song ideas for for other bands that i'm in though great great well um andy i really appreciate time you know i even though i we're kind of passing you're coming in Mm -hmm. getting ready to set up as we're going i haven't had a chance to sit down with this much time to kind of hear about your story and i really appreciate and i think your story is going to resonate with um, a lot of people. And so, um, grateful for that. And, um, you know, we're going to, we like to close in prayer, but I want to ask if there's something specific that we could pray or that you think, uh, people out there that are in need of prayer right now. Well, yeah, I think it's, as long as we can include maybe anyone listening to this who, uh, is still on the fence about coming in or doesn't feel comfortable or is not physically able to, uh, I would, ask that we include them in our prayer too and that God continues to, to touch them uh, through our church and through these um, things we do that are available online that pe- give people access to our church that wouldn't otherwise have it. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's a good point um, for those of you, wherever you found us, we'd love to hear your comments. Um, if you're looking for a sermon, if you want to tune in, it's the 11 o'clock service that you can see uh, Andy playing, um, and it's DesertSpringChurch.com. You can worship live, or you can, you know, go back later and watch the recordings, um, you know, when it's convenient for you. And you can do that as long as you need to until the message and the music uh, is something that you can feel God's love and grace in, um, as Andy did. So. Um, going to close us in prayer but thank you so much uh for being here and um look forward to uh what's next for you good things coming great thank you so much for having me thank you gracious loving god wow we just give so much thanks for andy and for not only his story and the way that you've been um, in his story but for his willingness to share his story to share it uh, here in the podcast to share it through his music and to share it with the people that you put in his life. Um, We thank you for healing and we we pray for 
continued healing, for continuous healing and for uh, full and complete healing for Andy. Um, he's a, a servant and your light clearly shines through Andy and there's so much he can do. Um, and so we just, we just ask for you to continue to be with him in this way. And we just pray that you'll put the people in Andy's path that can, uh, can bless him and that can also be blessed by, by what he has experienced and what he has to share. And uh, we lift up all those who are listening, uh, those who are tuning in from home and from, from whatever situation, not ready to, to come in. Um, we pray for everyone that's uh, out there and that they can uh, feel connected to you. Through the, through the sermon, through the music, and, and through the people that are part of the service. And just, uh, we pray, uh, Lord, um, we thank you for the gift of music and for the many different ways um, that we can share our stories, because um, our stories are your stories. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.